0: Men can count on. Contact CordellCordell.com 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. You are listening to the Bird Calls. For more breakdowns on the Pelicans, including interviews with coaches, journalists, and opposing experts, go to iTunes, search the bird calls, and subscribe today.
1: <laughs> Today is the host of the Bird Rights podcast on NBN-Radio, part of uh, the Bird Rights, right, is that site, and with SB Nation. uh, Super stoked to have on the line to talk about this Blazers Pelicans series, Preston Ellis. Preston, how's it going, man?
0: I'm pumped, man. It looks like this is going to be a happy marriage, and you got that exactly right. Uh, You can follow our work at thebirdrights.com. However, our podcast is called The Bird Calls. I know that's a little confusing. And you guys can follow me at Preston Ellis. So thanks for having me, Keith and Brandon.
1: Yeah, yeah no, for you. sure. Uh, Keith, why don't you uh, why don't you get started? I will say for the listeners, we are doing an experimental.
0: Hi, this is Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell and Cordell. There are many life changes that can happen after divorce that make it difficult or impossible to uphold requirements of your divorce decree. The orders issued in a divorce are based on the facts presented at that time, but the circumstances used in issuing those orders can obviously change. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary. Talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. Contact Cordell, Cordell.com. 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404.
1: Well, no video, so we're going to have to be very mindful of our audio. But Keith, why don't you get us <laughs> going with the, with the first little segment here?
2: All right, well, I'd say uh, the first thing we're probably going to talk about with the, the matchup between these two teams would be looking at the two stars, right? Uh, Dame and AD. I'd say these two, both of these players, more so than most other players in the league, can really go into God mode when you say... Uh, I think between the two of them, Dame averaged at 26.9 points per game, AD coming at 28.1, coming a little above on that end. And and I think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, Preston, was AD leading the league in blocks this year? Uh, 80s up there. He's in the top
0: two. Although in the past three months, he's number one in pretty much every major category. Uh, he's been number <laughs> right? one. In, yeah, in the past three months, he's been number one in scoring. He's been fifth in rebounding. He's been first in blocks. Uh, of course, in the past two and a half months, he's won uh, Player of the Month for both February and that March-April split. But uh, just like Anthony Davis, Dame Lillard always seems to play his ba- best basketball after the All-Star break. And we used to attribute it to the snubbing that used to have annually mm-hmm. uh, every All-Star break. He would always get left out of that uh elite group but not this year but you know what it hasn't bothered him he's still come out guns blazing and uh it's 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 gonna be a highlight reel every single night Uh, both these guys are probably likely to finish in the top five and mvp voting so plenty of storylines and i'll let you guys introduce the the second one i guess
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I'm interested because I actually listened to your podcast that you and uh, your colleagues recorded, I think, shortly after you learned that the Blazers and Pelicans would be meeting in the first round. And the consensus, I think, on your end was that Pelicans fans were looking forward to meeting the Blazers in the playoffs. And so, Preston, I wanted to ask: first of all, how dare you? And second of all, why <laughs> why is it the Pelicans fans were looking forward to meeting the Blazers in the playoffs?
0: Well, if it's either the Blazers, the Warriors, or the Rockets, I think we'll take our chances with Portland. With that being said, I think these guys are matched perfectly to play each other. Just one game separates the two of them. An even two to two split this year. That one hundred seven to one hundred three matchup on March twenty seventh could have gone either way. It took. 41 points and 24th quarter points from Dame Lillard In that matchup, of course, Rajon Rondo was not playing, and Anthony Davis severely sprained his ankle. I think it was right before halftime or right after, but he still gutted his way through it. He's averaging 36 and 12 and a half rebounds uh, in his two contests against the Blazers, right? Now, these are two teams who who have very different styles, but are very similar in a lot of ways. Uh, They've got two guys at the top with Dame and CJ, who carry their team, and a third guy and Yusuf Nurkic, the Pelicans, so too, Drew Holiday and Anthony Davis and Nikola Meritich, surprisingly enough, right, just acquired right. two months ago in the past five games. He's put up 26 and 13. And with Nikola Meritich playing that well and playing at the five, there's there's no telling where these Pels can end up if
2: he can keep that going. Yeah, I think uh, it, it is pretty crazy how the, the season has broken down between these two teams. I know Portland in the history, they've had a slight edge. Before it even became the Pelicans, I think Portland's record is 30 and 25. Since they became the Pelicans, it was 12-7 and 7, and now this season, like you said, 2-2. Uh, two and two, We've each won one game at home and one on the road. Uh, interestingly enough as well, these teams have never met in the postseason. So as much as both fan bases seem to be like, yeah, jazz for this matchup, this is really something that we haven't seen before at all. I don't really know if we have much of a precedent to go off of here. Well,
0: the Pelicans, uh, coincidentally, haven't been to the playoffs against anybody quite often, uh, with the the exception of just uh, the Warriors and the Spurs in the past 10 years, and the Spurs, of course, being against Chris Paul. But when you equate the Pelicans to Golden State, uh, obviously that weekend they had that big upset over Kevin Durant and that group, but Steve Kerr said after the fact, and against the Pacers in the game, and so are preceding that one, I should say, that these guys just don't look like they care very much right now against the Jazz. Of course, they were blown out by 40 points, and of course, the Rockets have kind of had the Pelicans number one. One time uh, that David was able to take down Goliath, of course, was that tragic January 26th game with Boogie Cousin when we took down the unbeatable at the time, Chris Paul, James Harden's, and Clint Capella. I think they were like 26 and 0 at the time. And of course the Pelicans won on ESPN 115 to 113. And as sad as it is to be a Pelicans fan, that was probably one of the five best moments in Pelicans, New Orleans Hornets (laughs) history. And to have it just coincide with that horrifying injury uh, that, that just kind of spells what it's been like to be a Pelicans fan in the past seven years, but with that being said, just to continue what we were talking about, this is going to be a really even match. It's going to be a very exciting match. Both teams have ways that they can attack each other. Each, each weakness and each strength kind of, a. Uh polarizingly separates each other Uh, you know the 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 Blazers a great defensive team they like to dictate pace the Pelicans like to dictate their own pace they're gonna they're gonna throw uh, I I, I don't know the collective uh, timer out of the building and they're just gonna push 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 (laughs) push. and the Blazers are gonna have to take advantage of their astute rebounding without Farouk Amino and Yusuf Nurkic these guys are uh, both averaging 10 rebounds per game against the Pelicans so that's not just gonna lead to second chance points for the Blazers with the Pelicans are really good at defending it's gonna lead uh, to them being able to dictate pace to slow down the game to kind of disrupt the pelicans rhythm so in that way both teams and there's so many matchups that will obviously delve into role players going against role players and of course drew holiday against the two-headed backcourt of damon cj will obviously have to get into that but when it comes down to just like what terry Stotts and alvin gentry like to do these teams are so evenly matched as far as wins and losses go but it's such different styles it's really going to take a butting of heads to see like how each game unfolds and which team dictates each individual matchup
1: Yeah, it's actually wild to think about how even the West is from three through nine, really. Um, And so when we're talking about preferred matchups, really a lot of these teams, like you said earlier, if it's not the Warriors and not the Rockets, you have a bunch of teams who are really evenly matched. So, you know, three and six doesn't really reflect how good these teams are because they're separated by so little. I want to go back to, you were mentioning role players and rebounding, Uh, someone for the Pelicans, Nikola Mirotic has made a huge difference for the Pelicans this year. Obviously he started off the year with the Bulls, he got in that fight with Bobby Portis. He was inactive for the first 23 games of the season. Then he was traded to the Pelicans. I mean, he's been absolutely on fire. The last five games, Miritich is averaging uh, north of 25 points a game, 12 boards, right. shooting 47% from three. As a Blazers fan, Preston, that is terrifying to me. Um <laughs> As a Pelicans fan, how do you see Nikola Mirotic? uh, What do you see his role in this playoff series, given the matchups of the Blazers? What do you see Nikola Mirotic's role in this series? well it's such
0: a uh it's been defined his role so differently in just the past two weeks of course before that he was that four man he was playing uh, power forward with anthony davis of course being center next to him uh alvin gentry tried him in the starting lineup but ultimately uh chose Emeka mecca okafer over him because Nikola americ was so inconsistent in his shooting defensively he was playing really well and we were actually really surprised we thought we were getting ryan anderson but we were actually getting a much more adept defensive player and rebounder than we ever mm-hmm. had with ryan anderson on on that end of the floor he was was holding his weight but he just couldn't hit the the broad side of a barn uh he was shooting under 30 percent from three-point range up until two weeks ago but uh in the past two weeks he shaved his beard and alvin gentry i think <laughs> i think he nodded his hand to something that he's going to do against the blazers although we've still been uh been uh, debating this behind <laughs> closed doors is a mecca okafor in his 14 minutes did such a great job mitigating what yusuf nurkic and al farouk aminu do which is dominate the boards and anybody who's like you know, extremely adept with their fundamentals, can kind of take use of Nurkic out of his game. He likes to take advantage of defenders who like to who like to help defend, who like to chase blocks, who like to chase steals. Uh, he takes advantage of those guys because he's very slippery and he can always find his way to the basket. He can use his underhand to get underneath defenders. Emeka Okafor doesn't let him do that. But with that being said, the Pelicans have been so successful running uh, against these opposing teams like the Clippers, like the Warriors, like the uh, the San Antonio Spurs, the number one rated defense. We still had 34 fast break points against them. They averaged 10 per game. So I think Gentry is going to roll out with Miritich. Instead of playing Miritich's typical role, he's going to play that DeMarcus Cousins role where he starts at the five next to Anthony Davis and might find himself matched up against Nurkic. And defensively, Nurkic might be able to take advantage of Meritich, But on offense, Hopefully the idea is if Meritich hits his shot early, we might be able to play Nurkic off the floor early on, take advantage of some of that perimeter spacing. And when you see Anthony Davis go to the bench at the end of the first quarter, he usually doesn't play the first six minutes of the second quarter. Nikola Meritich is going to anchor a super small lineup that's probably going to consist of something like Rajan Rondo, Ian Clark, uh, Darius Miller, Solomon Hill, and Nikola Meritich
2: at the five. And that's probably how Meritich is going to be utilized. That's definitely a lot of shooting around uh around the big A D in the middle too. And the Blazer killer Ian Clark, I know you just mentioned, he has given us nightmares before. Darius Miller, I haven't really seen that much of. Uh you know, it, it is interesting to see Miritic in the playoffs here when the when he was being moved out of Chicago, I was personally rooting for him to be making his way up to Portland. I feel like he could've fit well. I yeah. hope that doesn't come back to uh to sting a little bit at this point. Uh, what are your feelings on Gentry down there in New Orleans? I know he's kind of moved around a bit, and Portland obviously is pretty happy with Stotts overall. Do you feel like Gentry has found a home there, or is he uh, is he maybe on a hot seat with this series?
0: It's interesting because coming into the season, of course, he and general manager Del Demps were very much not even on a hot seat, on a crispy seat, and there were definitely uh, conversations early on in the year that if this doesn't work out with DeMarcus Cousins, that both of them were going to be on a plane out of town. The tricky part was – that Alvin Gentry's style of offense doesn't quite suit what DeMarcus Cousins does. And we've had an Mm -hmm. internal debate about whether or not Alvin Gentry is the perfect fit for two big men. With that being said, he has a wonderful relationship with both these guys and with Drew Holiday and with Rajon Rondo. And when you've got a bunch of star-level players who like their head coach, of course, you're not going to upset the apple cart. But with that being said, with DeMarcus Cousins out of the lineup, and I want to be really careful with what I say here, the Pelicans are not better. their ceiling is not as high as it was. With DeMarcus Cousins, the Pelicans honestly believe they could challenge for a championship. Without DeMarcus Cousins, they know that that's not within the cards. But with that being said, they can play more of the style that Alvin Gentry relishes. He wants the ball in Rajon Rondo's hands. He doesn't want it in DeMarcus Cousins' hand. He wants a creator at the perimeter, you know, kind of drawing and weaving his way through defenses, breaking down defenses, and creating open looks, and running out in transition. That's exactly what these Pelicans have been doing. And they've been playing to his Susan, and kind of bringing out his best talents as a head coach. And he's really been doing an expert job for the most part. I've got a couple of critiques uh, with managing his rotation specifically in the past two weeks. Uh, so I, I think both of these guys are well set to get some kind of extension. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what DeMarcus Cousins gets. I don't think anybody's going to extend Dell Demps or Alvin Gentry until that negotiation has reached its climax. But at this point in time, I think both of these guys are guaranteed to be back next season.
1: So you mentioned Rajon Rondo, and I just have to ask you this, Preston. I mean, you know, he played really well in the in the two games he played for the Chicago Bulls last year in the playoffs. We've heard a lot about playoff Rondo. In your view, do you think that playoff Rondo, is that is that a real thing? And should teams be worried about that, uh, him pumping it up for the playoffs?
0: it's not a thing and uh it, it's cute <laughs> to talk about and it's it's fun and it's ex- you know uh Rajon Rondo's having a really good game so you can attribute it to Primetime. must be primetime Rondo but here's what it is against the Warriors against the Clippers against the San Antonio Spurs I'll, I'll take it back one month to March 15th when the Pelicans played against the San Antonio Spurs and in 24 minutes Rajon Rondo was a negative 23 now here's the national media response oh it wasn't on prime time so the game didn't matter to Rajan Rondo here's what actually happened Rajan Rondo was matched up against DeJounte Murray Rajon Rondo struggles mightily with these speedy athletic long defenders who can take him off the triple who fight over screens Rajon Rondo's not going to fight over a screen he'll cut under a screen and if somebody's got a long shooting touch they're going to take advantage of him and they're going to make him switch and he's going to get paired against somebody that he doesn't feel comfortable with now with that being said over this weekend against Golden State, he was getting killed by Quinn Cook in the first quarter. In the second quarter, he switched onto Andre Iguadala. And when you pair Rajon Rondo against a guy like an Evan Turner, like an Al Farouk Aminu, then you're trusting that those guys are not going to take advantage of him in the post. And if they do try to take advantage of him in the post, you're going to get help defense from Anthony Davis, who's the best, the best help defender in the NBA, maybe not named Rudy Gobert. So you take your chances with that. So if you early on see Damian Lillard matched up, to Rajon Rondo that is definitely an advantage on Portland's side but if you see Rajon Rondo matched up against Evan Turner or Al Farouk Aminu you guys need to scratch your heads and you need to make sure that Dame Lindler takes advantage of Etwan Moore and that CJ McCollum can manage to fight around screens to score points against Drew Holiday because that's going to slow down your offense significantly and on the other end so too uh people kind of tend to to to, you know Rajon Rondo is called the assist hunter so guys tend to lean back and they they kind of get caught looking across the floor and in those instances like lightning rajon rondo will take off off the dribble and he'll kiss it off the glass and you he hasn't taken a shot in probably like six game minutes and all of a sudden he's at the cup and you never see it coming so guys can kind of fall asleep against him everybody's going to need to stay focused and dialed in not just on the shooters the pelicans have but also on rajon rondo's ability to get to the basket
2: well, that is an excellent detail, and I think you're absolutely right about the switches and how that could affect it. Uh, I want to ask you one more thing before we get on here. Maybe turn the tables real fast so you ask us anything, Preston, before we go. But uh, home court advantage, this was something very important for the Blazers before we were wrapping up the season there at the end. Do you think this plays a big factor? Could this play a factor in this uh, series here between the two teams?
0: I don't at all, and that's that's not a discredit to Portland's Motor Center. I know that you guys have a, a valuable, incredible six man and fan base there. It's that the Pelicans have been just as good on the road this season as they have been at home. At times, they've struggled mightily at home. They're twenty four and seventeen in both venues. So I think the Pelicans are definitely going to steal a game in the Motor Center, and this is something I've been talking about a lot over the course of uh, the past three days, both on podcasts and uh, you know on websites like uh, Off the Glass and The Bird Rights and some Blazers Edge type stuff is the pelicans have been battling adversity all season long with hot seats to alvin gentry injuries to rondo solomon hill uh frank jackson uh tony allen omar Ashik, alexis agenza anthony davis boogie you know to all this trade stuff rachel nichols adrian wojnarowski sit down interviews with anthony <laughs> davis saying he just wants to win this is what the pelicans have been dealing with all season long however the Blazers haven't, they've had the best injury luck of anybody in the NBA you can argue, they really haven't hit that adversity wall yet, and the Pelicans are going to steal a game in the Motor Center, probably in game one or game two, and when that happens, do the Blazers respond, because the Pelicans are not unbeatable in the Smoothie King Center, in fact the Pelicans don't have the best fan base in terms of like, packing the arena and making lots of noise, and making things difficult for an opponent, so the Blazers can definitely come into New Orleans and steal a game, maybe two but are they going to have the confidence, are they going to be able to bounce back obviously we know that dame lillard isn't afraid of anybody but what about the role players what about evan turner what about al farouk aminu what about like mo harkless possibly coming back next week and ed davis
2: how are these guys going to be able to respond when when they get hit in the mouth Oh, those are some great, uh, tidbits there for sure. And I, am oh man, do I want to respond on the idea of Pelicans coming in and stealing one here at home? I think it just gets me riled up and I love the press. And, uh, let me flip it to you at this point though, before we let you go and get out of here. Do you have any questions for us from our end regarding the, uh, the Blazers perspective?
0: I definitely have so many questions. Um, and and I know that we have a limited timetable. Of course, the number one question on every uh, Pelicans fan's mind, and, and then I want to get more into Nurkic, because Nurkic is definitely one of the X factors in this one, as well as Shabazz Napier, uh, somebody we haven't talked about yet. I know that Pat Connaughton has been struggling, but he was somebody that we were definitely afraid of early on the season, as well as Zach Collins. But but the big question mark on every Pelicans fan mind is – one of your guys is going to explode. We're all terrified of Dame Lillard, so we kind of resigned ourselves to just let him get his 30 to 40 points and just shut down C.J. McCollum. And obviously in January, uh, the last time we, we matched up with both Boogie and Anthony Davis, both those guys scored 23 points, but they didn't particularly shoot well. I know you're expecting Damian Lillard to play well, and the Pelicans are too. Are you expecting C.J. McCollum to play well?
2: Boy, that that is a great question for it, and that is actually something we were just talking about on our last episode recently – uh cj has not quite had that fire that i think a lot of people have grown accustomed to and expected from him and we do kind of see that backcourt as a combo as a tandem between he and dame and with it with cj phone a little flat that could definitely be problems we run into i would also hope besides cj that nurk continues to show the beast that he's gone back to of late uh that we kind of were missing earlier in the season and yeah if, C- if cj could just be that third piece Man, that if, if all three of them are hitting, I got to say, even Anthony Davis and the amazing numbers that he's putting up, I don't know if he can hold them back. But that that really is the question. If CJ doesn't show up, I don't know if we can do it with just Dame and half of the beast or, or most of the beast there. Brennan, what do you think?
1: Well, part of me wants to say that CJ won't play that well, because honestly Rondo and holiday are both really good premier defenders, but law of mm. averages, same thing with Miritich being on fire. The last five games CJ has been ice cold the last seven games, only shooting 37% from the field and 25% from three. That is not going to last. He's going to bounce back. So, I mean, if you had to ask me whether or not CJ is going to have a good series, I'm honestly going to say yes.
0: And that's troublesome for Pelicans fans because we're, we're expecting 30 points from Anthony Davis. Uh, every night we're expecting 20 from drew holiday every night and then after that it's kind of a question mark we're hoping for nikola Meritich. we're definitely expecting you know somewhere around 15 and 10 or 20 and 10 from Nurkic. we're expecting somewhere around 25 30 points from dame lillard but we're really hoping that drew holiday is just going to totally erase cj mccollum and right. I, and I, I wouldn't worry about Rajon Rondo defensively if he's matched up against Damian Lillard, which I hope to God he's not because Damian Lillard is the exact kind of point guard <laughs> who's going to take advantage of Rajon Rondo. I think Dame is probably going to be matched up with Etuan Moore, somebody who doesn't quite have the foot speed, but he he just has like the technique and the try-hard attitude that he's going to fight over those screens and try to take away that three-point jump shot from Dame Lillard. If Dame gets to the cup, if he can get by Maritich and Anthony Davis, I think they're going to let them live with that. But is CJ McCollum? Is he going to have like that? I don't know that eye of the tiger, that that hunger, sh- because these these points. Early on in the second quarter and late in the third, early in the fourth are going to be critical to swing this game either way. And I I tend to think that each night is going to go a different way, but a lot of those units are manned by either Rajon Rondo and Drew Holiday. And I'm assuming they're going to go up against some version of CJ McCollum and Evan Turner. And what kind of chemistry is going to unfold there? And are they going to be able to take advantage of those second
1: units on the Pelicans? Yeah, no, that's totally fair. And look, I know that we're running out of time. It's a bummer. I mean, we could talk for hours and hours about this, but we totally appreciate having you on. But before you go, I have to ask, starting with Preston and going to Keith, and then I'll answer, Preston, what is your prediction for this Blazers-Pelicans series?
0: I definitely think the Pelicans are going to come in here. The Pelicans have nothing to lose. They have no pressure. The, the Blazers could sweep them at this point, and you can make any kind of excuse to why it happened and why the Pelicans were just lucky to get to this point. The, the Blazers don't have that luxury. They have Dame Lillard. They would have Yusuf Nurkic. They have CJ McCollum. These guys have been together long enough, especially the, the two in the backcourt, that it's about time they start making waves and they start getting into the second round. The Pelicans don't have that pressure. So this, this should be an advantageous position for the Pelicans. I think it's in seven. But uh, if, if you talk about X factors for the Blazers and where I get nervous, and it's, it's just like I said, it's CJ McCollum, we're, we're all banking on the fact that Drew Holiday is going to be able to, to to take him away or, or kind of mitigate his scoring, keep him like to 15 points or under. If CJ can find a way to come to life and kind of expose the Pelicans backcourt, it's, it's, it's going to turn into a completely different series than the one we're expecting.
2: Well, uh, uh, Preston, first let me just say thank you again so much for coming on. You've been absolutely wonderful uh, talking with us about this. As far as the predictions for the series, I would be shocked if this ended uh, earlier than six games. I, I think, like you're saying, this could really come down to the end. It will be a hard fought series both ways, and it is going to the, the real X factor is going to be uh, which backcourt can get the better of the other, uh, defensively or offensively, I guess. I I would I would say that I hope it goes uh, – I hope that Blazers can close it out in six. If it goes to seven, it's going to be fun to watch. But, man, is it going to be a, a coin flip either way. Yeah,
1: yeah I'm i think- with – oh, sorry. Go ahead. No,
0: I was just going to say, I, I think something that we've talked about the past two days is this is definitely going to be the most electric and fun series to watch. A lot of people are arguing the 76ers and the Miami Heat. I don't think that one's going to have the scoring, the oh. electricity, the alley-oops, just the highlight-level basketball. Not only the highlight-level basketball, but they're still going to have the the Pelicans love playing into the final minute. Uh, I think something like, uh, and I'm making this up uh, off memory, but I think it's something like 20 of the final uh, 30 games of the season all came down to seven points or less. So all these games are going to be tight that's just the way that pelicans like to play so if nothing else this is going to be can't miss basketball for six to
1: seven games yeah i'm with actually both of you thinking it's going to be a close series i'm hoping and thinking the blazers close out in six i think mo harkless coming back is going to be a big deal for the blazers it really depends on how good that knee is feeling i mean there are some videos that came out today of him shooting putting up some shots and that's good but that's obviously not like full court fast paced basketball play, but I'm going to go with Blazers in six. That's about all the time we have Preston. We really appreciate having you on. If people wanted to connect with you you or find you and your colleagues work, uh, where could they find your stuff? Uh, Thank
0: you so much for the plug, by the way, Brandon and Keith. We appreciate it. Every little bit helps. Of course, we're all like, you know, fighting to get that notoriety, fighting to get noticed, uh, fighting to get our work out there. And of course it all starts with quality, but after quality, it it comes from, you know, friendships and connections with you guys like this. So uh, certainly appreciate uh, you guys having me on. Hopefully uh, one of my partners, Kevin Berrios will be on with you guys later in the week. With that being said, thebirdrights.com, we are slinging it right now. We've got a great team this year. Uh, I think that there's, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of websites that you look to across the NBA and you truly admire. And I really say from a point of pride, I think when you guys look at the dot com, you will have that kind of sense of admiration with the kind of level of the guys that we have on our team right now. My podcast is called the bird calls. And I deeply hope that you guys uh, give it a listen, at least during the series If nothing else, subscribe, tell your friends retweet. And of course you can
1: follow me at Preston Ellis. Awesome. Preston. Thank you very much.
0: You have been listening to the bird calls. Thank you for listening. If you like what you're hearing, do us one more favor. Go to iTunes, subscribe, and rate our podcast today.
1: Don't miss Old Navy's Saturday Steal. This Saturday, all jeans are on sale for 50% off. Plus, get $3 kids' deals like graphic tees and tanks and $7 girls' dresses. Saturday only at Old Navy and Old Navy.com. Valid 8 3, excludes in store clearance. Select styles on kids' deals and girls' dresses. Let's consider the secret life of the innermost nesting doll.